Hey guys, welcome back to episode 87, I think, 87 of the Humanity Jitsu Podcast. And guys, today I'm joined by Yarek Bujaneski. Yarek is a black belt and the head coach out of BJJ Shannon under Peter Bikinski. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Yeah, and this episode we discuss a lot about Yarek's background in wrestling back in Poland, how he got started in Jiu-Jitsu pretty later in life, you know, in his 30s, in his early 30s, you saying how he made the adjustments as to being an older gent in jiu-jitsu you know i don't think he'll like me call him an older gent but uh whatever <laughs> uh, guys if you want to follow yarek it's at yarek underscore bjj and guys while i have you here be sure to check out our sponsor superior clothing superior jiu-jitsu with the link below and if you if you buy something be sure to use the code humanity 20 for 20 percent off a checkout it really helps out the podcast that's humanity 20 all caps with description below Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoy. Guys, welcome back to the Men's Jitsu Podcast. Today's episode 87, I think, 87. And guys, I'm joined by the head coach of BGJ Shannon. What is up? Yarek Bujaneski. Did I say that right? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, hey, guys, how are you? Thanks for inviting me, Andrew. Hmm. Uh, guys, I've actually had a great great opportunity to train with Yarek a few times back in the day. Like, he'd always come to my gym no, not my gym, the tra- gym I trained at, and he'd always uh, kick the shit out of me there. <laughs> ah. Nah, just kidding. He was always, like, <laughs> I always tell people this, like, yo, guys, you know Yarek, yeah. He looks like a ripped bastard, but, man, he went so easy on me. It's so funny. But then the second I got my blue belt, she fucking murdered me. I remember the camp at Le Hinch. I was like, uh-huh. oh, Yarek, he- he'll go easy on me. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you get a blue belt, you know. Uh, more expectations <laughs> nah, if you expect people to roll softly with you when you're blue belts yeah you know you'll be ex- you'll be disappointed <laughs> uh, it's, it depends it depends you know i'm usually going easy you know with people i'm like when we tr- when we train except maybe preparing preparing for competitions i'm mm-hmm. i'm kind of you know easy and uh i do allow people do a lot even lower belts you know attacks I, I believe you know it helps them helps me you know uh i'm not Sometimes, you know, sometimes depends what's what's happening. If someone go for something, you know, nasty on me, trying to, you know, to be kind of, you know, rough or anything, then yeah, then they need to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a quick thing, like, what's your sort of thing with like people um, with submissions in the gym? Like, do you just get people to roll within the rule sets? Like, you wouldn't want uh, white or blue belts doing knee bars or calf slicers. What's your th- what's your thinking? Um. Do not mind, like, you know, maybe not the white belts, but once people have a uh, few months experience, um, go for a, for a knee burst and stuff, if they know. But I don't, like, on beginners, obviously, I don't teach knee burst or, or any any footlocks, except maybe straight footlock, right? But then uh, it's usually up to the people, you know, to, if they they want to go for knee burst, that's fine, but they need to, they all know that there's no, like, full, full go for it, you know, you need to be mm. kind of, just go to the position. Like I believe, if you go knee bar and you can grab it and make it tight and just hold it for you know three five seconds, that means there's a tap, you know. And I keep telling people in the gym, like guys, if you get to the position where you have to tap, don't try to be uh, a superhero there. Don't try to be tough because mm. you know you probably fucked up ten things before it, you know. So and now you're trying to be tough and not to tap to the submission. You know, you're risking injury. You might be out of training for two months. You know, mm. it's different. So, like, just think, why did you get to the bad spot? Why why the guy took your back and he's, you know, choking the shit out of you now, you know, or why that happened, you know, and try to fix it. Don't mm. try to be tough, you know, on the very end when 
there is no 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 reason to be tough, you know. Mm. Now, not not everyone's Vinny Magalish, so don't don't try act like it. Like, do you ever like that fucking? I say, but that's a cautionary tale. Anyone is like, oh guys, anyone who does who's thinking of not uh, tapping, just show them the video of Vinny, and you know, with the heel hook and shit. That's fucking. Like, I know he's super duper flexible, but then like a minute later after the heel hook, he's like, oh yeah, I must have broken my foot or something. Yeah. Fuck, this really hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, like you got guys like like Meow, they never tap foot looks and stuff, and uh, but you know, it depends if you're in a really really high you know high level and you're fighting for big titles or big money, you know, you it's your decision. But like in general, you know, 90% of jujitsu practitioners they they do it just for fun, you know, mm. because they want to enjoy it, you know. So like, there's no point to beat off. Mm. Oh this man, way. speaking of the meow thing, they're they're not a uh, they're not all super, you know. Let's let's just say they need a few uh few repairs. Let's just say that. Like I've heard people who were competing against the meows and they'd see them at competitions before they got in the mats. They're fucking hobbling around like old men because they because their fucking knees and legs are fucked up. But then the second they're on the mat, they're able to like walk around like a normal person for like 10 minutes because you know imagine yeah. that imagine you're like walking around all hobbled and crippled then the second you're on the match you're like okay i can actually function like a human being for 10 minutes grand yeah <laughs> i think it's adrenaline and you just you know they just can focus and they they forget about whole world you know except the fight and up an opponent you know but like man even you know is it worth it like you know how how much money how much whatever fame did you gain you know like you can you can be a world champion and not be crippled you know (laughs) you know like you don't have to you don't have to go too far i think you know um but look that's their choice they don't want to tap they don't want to tap you know like Mm. i remember the tournament was a while back when uh, one of the meow got footlock in the first fight and eventually it ended up that his foot was broken Right, and uh, there was some ACB or some some sort of a tournament that was three rounds, three by five minutes rounds. And in the first round, he got he obviously didn't tap. He his foot, his foot got broken. Uh, then he taped the foot and he won the whole tournament. You know, <laughs> yeah, just after the tournament, they told yeah the foot was broken. You know, just like, just tape it. Yeah, just tape it and you ground. You keep going. Oh, dude. That would be a great way to get like a sponsorship off a tape brand. I'll say like monkey tape or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I used your tape to just tape my foot. And then I won the tournament after I broke my leg. It's grand. Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Plus, um, last thing I'll say about the meows. Did you ever see the video? One of them was going in for surgery and the, the doctor was like grabbed their leg and was checking the fucking uh, the range of motion on their knee. Oh, uh- and they had, video, yeah. they had so much range of motion, and uh, while he was just moving the leg normally, it was like, like yeah. all the pops and shit. While your man is like unconscious, but he's just checking the range of motion on his leg. Yeah, completely fucked, man. I heard about the video. I didn't see it, but it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's, mm. it's it, everything is you know fucking in bits there. Man, well, world championships cost they cost shit. <laughs> yeah, unless you're this... Bernardo Faria and somehow you're not crippled and you're not fucked up. I would say most guys are not, you know, just the style the meow meow play, you know, with this crazy flexibility and it's probably what's what's cause the problem, you know? Like fingers, you know, there's like injuries are common, you know, like everyone is pretty much if you do professional sport for a while, like you're gonna get injured sooner or later, but uh they just a different level. <laughs> they black belt in injuries also, you know. Oh man, like uh 
what would you say is like the worst injury you've ever had like personally would it be like competition training or just whatever um well my knees are pretty pretty bad both of them you know since a long time because uh like i started wrestling back in poland when i was eight years old and i had uh like good 15 years of wrestling training and i, f- I fucked up my right knee when i was like 17 it was acl it was gone and like you know it's like two screws in my knee but uh this stage that the you know the the bad knee becomes a good knee so the other knee is worst <laughs> uh yeah so like i had a pretty bad well it wasn't bad at the time my knee popped maybe six years ago on the on the super fight on the on one of the competitions uh and but it, it recovered pretty quickly but then um last last summer actually it's it's popped badly again like you know for third time or something and i couldn't couldn't move it and uh yeah so we end up with them right and stuff and i uh, end up maniscus gone and uh, i find out that acl is gone for like good five years since the pop you know five or six years ago i was i had no acl in this knee we keep training, competing, and stuff. So, <laughs> well, so you, can't, had, uh, yeah. you can't break your ACL if you don't have one. So you no, know, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's grand now. <laughs> so yeah, I had uh, I had a uh, meniscus removed uh, last October, November, and I'm still recovering for, from it. It's not perfect, but um, yeah, I not, I didn't put enough effort for rehab and didn't give enough rest. Let's put it this way, you know, like it's probably rolling hard a month after your surgery is not a good idea. <laughs> oh no, that, that, that's a great idea. Just ask Gordon Ryan after yeah. knee surgery if it's a good idea to roll hard and train and compete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sh- you know, I should be smarter in this stage, but uh, yeah, but uh, I'm not. I'm still kind of, you know, I can't stay out of the mat for too long. So that's that's what's happening. Yeah, I had lots of injuries. Shoulders are bad. You know, I flew over, like I got bad injury on the shoulder maybe four years ago. Again, I couldn't move my arm. I was going around the physios trying to fix it. No one could do much to it until I went to a friend of mine in Dublin, from John from Checkmat, uh, and he kind of fixed it nearly with dry needling. It was great, uh, but I flew over to Poland before it for competition, obviously, with a broken shoulder. Why not? And um, I went to the doctor, the MRI, you know, with a specialist, the shoulder specialist, and he was like, he was like, oh man, your shoulder is fucked. We need to chop off the biceps tendons, put the screws and stuff. And I was like, man, you're joking. Uh, I thought you were gonna say chop off your bicep. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what the fuck? Yeah, but he wants to chop off the bicep tendon. He said they destroyed. He said like they they gone. They you know they barely existing. So we need to put the screws into it and stuff. And I was like, no man, I'm competing in three days. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and he was like, yeah, you fucked up, man. You're crazy. So we, like we agree that uh, I'm. Comp- that was like November. So we agree I, I, that I'm going to compete. And uh, I said, well, then the end of January, the Euros in Lisbon, I'm going for this as well. And he was, yeah, OK. So I suggest to take maybe three months off after the Euros and recover your shoulder and take a physio, take, you know, stuff. And it works, you know, until today, it's, it's OK. It's not perfect, but it, I can train. It's pretty OK. Uh, so physio John helped me a lot. And um, it says we keep going without the chopping off the stuff and putting screws into it. Mm. So yeah, lots of bad injuries. <laughs> Man, you're fucking crazy. Uh, so yeah, since you mentioned like um, you did wrestling when you were younger, like how old were you when you started jiu-jitsu? Like how many years of wrestling did you have like before you started training jiu-jitsu? Uh, so I trained wrestling for for a long time. I started as a kid, as I was eight years old, and um, it was like 
it was Greco-Roman wrestling, which is not the freestyle. Well, it's, you got two types of wrestling, right? You get Greco, which is from you can attack the legs, right? So it's only more stand-ups and it's nice and high throws. And then you got freestyle wrestling, which is very common in America when you attack the legs, you know, all the monkey style. So I did Greco. I trained for a good 15 years or more uh, with the in the best team in Poland. It was, you know, it was, we have like Olympic champions in the mat. I trained with those guys every day, world champions, you know, it was high level. Like we've been pretty much smashing everything around uh, around Poland you know, as a team. Um, so that was for a good while. And I was in national team for, for a bit as well. Uh, some achievements in wrestling. And then I moved to Ireland in 2004 and I was kind of lost. There was no wrestling in Ireland and I didn't really know much about jiu-jitsu at that time. And I believe in 2009, I started wrestling. Uh, sorry, I started jiu-jitsu here in, in Ireland. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's so 2009. So I was, I was 30 at the time you know so it's it's, it's late for, for starting jiu-jitsu career uh, and yeah but i enjoy it you know i was kind of i was a bit surprised with jiu-jitsu you know i went over to the for training i was kind of um it was in Ennis, and you know i heard a friend of mine said oh there is a jiu-jitsu gym and this guy is you know it's mma and jiu-jitsu and he's looking for some maybe wrestling coach someone with experience you know to help and stuff so i went over for the first training and i got choked a few times and i was like what the fuck is that shit <laughs> <laughs> you know like all the like wrestling is good but you know you're exposing your back a lot you know and you just wrestling is much much more limitations to, compared to jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu is kind of you know you can do pretty much everyone every Think you want and i got choked a few times and i was like shit i gotta learn that's that stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then i started and i love it you know it become like i trained a lot on the on the early stage you know like blue belt and white belt i was like twice a day you know as much as i could i i, I was in the mat enjoyed mm-hmm. yeah when uh, when did you open up your own gym like what sort of it was 2017 it was it was february 2017 so it's four years now that was like a month before I started training. Okay. I started I started in uh, March 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came back from Euros and like you know we decided like to need to take the step you know and open the gym in Shannon. Uh, yeah, it was like you know the Shannon was was no gyms in Shannon was a good spot you know it's 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 not a huge town but you know there is a bit of a potential and I think it was a good move you know. Mm. Now, that's a pretty good idea. Like I, I've been to Shannon a few times. Like I, I never got there because like it's a bit out, a uh, bit out of the way for me. But like I remember when I was a kid, I'd always go there because there's a dentist there. I was like, Shannon's pretty nice. It's fucking some good shit there. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's it's you know it's kind of built around the airport. You know, there's lots of warehouses for airports and uh, lots of factories because you know it's easy. Whatever they produce, they can ship and and the other way. So it's not a big. Uh, it's not a big. The population in Shannon, but there's lots of people, you know, lives around and they kind of familiar to come to Shannon. Uh, it's 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 okay location, you know. It's it's obviously it's not like a Dublin or, or Galway or Limerick, you know, with the potential of you know gaining hundreds of members. Mm. But uh, it's fine. We have you know have a good bunch of guys training, you know, and uh, happy out, keep going. Mm. Uh, man, like I go to Dublin the whole time to train, like and or sorry, I do. I gotta say that <laughs> I did used to go, but like, man, there's so many fucking gyms in Dublin. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, Jesus Christ, man. 
it's fucked. There's so many, and there's so many different affiliations. So I'm like, there if you go to Dublin, you're like spoiled for choice. You're like, uh, I'll have a bit of a uh, bit of no gi here today, bit of gi there, nah, some gi there the next day. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> People are, you know, you have a lot of choice. Yeah, that's true. There's lots of yeah, Dublin. It's I would say 80% of jiu-jitsu is in Dublin. Maybe maybe you know 60, but a lot. Mm. Yeah, man. Like it's literally like. It's the capital of the country and the fucking jiu-jitsu capital. I'm like, can you just be one? Can you just be one, please? Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I know, move some more gyms down to Limerick or Cork. Like, come on. <laughs> and it's the same with competitions. Like, nearly every competition, maybe except Cork Open, it's, it's in Dublin. Yeah, man. Every single, every single one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had like one competition in fucking. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. There was one. There was one competition in the back arse nowhere of Clare. I mem- I remember. I saw you there in January of last year, and then I got my I, my ankle busted. <laughs> yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely because they didn't they didn't fucking tell me it was professional rules. Didn't say that anywhere on the website, so I just got heel hooked to my troubles. I'm like, great, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's what's happening with small competitions. You're going over, you, you don't really know what rules that you're gonna compete with. Lots of the times. <laughs> they didn't say nothing. So man, uh, yeah, like how long were you training before you did like your first jiu-jitsu competition? Actually, to be honest with you, I done my first jiu-jitsu competition, I think after a month of jiu-jitsu or something like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because uh, I used to travel a lot to Poland, like, you know, uh, a few years back, I was just flying, you know, regularly, like every two or three months, just flying over to Poland for weekends. It was, you know, had great connection from Shannon, you know, flights, and we could get a flight for pretty nothing, you know. So I used to fly a lot, even to see the see my friends you know and do stuff and uh I, if i remember correctly it was like a month after i started it was some uh pretty big competition back in warsaw my my town was like fuck it i'm gonna go and join it you know and i think it was no gi if i remember correctly which was like oh yeah cool suit me but uh i think i won two fights and i got murdered by the you know the other guys like you know they would experience yeah but it was fun yeah well dude did you get an opportunity to fucking suplex someone Imagine, yeah. imagine that's the greatest fucking oh shit moment for them when it's in the white belt division and someone actually knows how to wrestle decently. They're like, okay, okay, grand. Oh no, he can actually wrestle. Fuck. I'm, yeah, I'm that fucked. competition actually, which I entered, was under the World Wrestling Organization. It, it it was a grappling event, right? So you don't have really belts. You, you just uh. everyone in one pocket, right? So the guys I was fighting with, they've been like a brumbles at the time. You know, they the guys to kick the shit out of me because I know I remember at least one of them one is affiliated with the same gym with me now and he's black belt you know for a good five or six years uh he's a great guy and uh yeah so like we didn't we didn't uh i didn't have a chance or i don't remember to suplex anyone but uh i had a good fight i would say two years ago in dublin and i kind of suplex a guy uh with like he double underhooked me, and I just, it's like a different variation of suplex. I just kind of got under his arms, and I, I made a throw over. was kind of <laughs> happy, you know. I, yeah, I actually I remember now for earlier early stage, I, I did this move a lot because, you know, if you get a no-gi, like all the guys trying to under, you know, get underhooks on you and stuff, right? Because they, they think they can wrestle, and that's, that's great. I give them, I give them underhooks, and then just like, you're flying. No, they can jiu-jitsu wrestle. They could just have collar ties until, like, someone does something stupid for, like, a, a, a half-hearted single leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, those days, I'm kind of, you know, I need to avoid stand-up game as much as I can because my knees are dodgy. Mm. So I'm not, I, you know, so I'm trying to 
I'm kind of big to pulling guard recently. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> I no. To, I have to, you know. <laughs> well, man, unless you have a really good sprawl and you just bait them to double you, double leg you, like, man, come on, double leg me. I fucking dare you. And you just sprawl on them, put them in a power guillotine and rip their head off. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, dude, like, speaking of which, like, do you ever, do you ever train with, like, uh, the likes of Adam Borzinski? Because, like, man, he showed me this guillotine, and, man, it fucking murders people. Because, like, you have them in the arm-in guillotine, then you make this little switch to the arm-out, you just fucking kill them with the fucking little grip adjustment, and they're all like... <clears throat> like, the sounds they make after this guillotine is broken. Yeah, yeah, I, I did train with Adam. He's, he's, he's awesome. Like, you know, <laughs> he's a different level. As like, I trained with him last time, I would say, maybe two or three years ago. But uh, I remember him for coming on the camps because I'm flying regularly every year for a big camp to Poland with my coach, my, you know, we're affiliated with the Berserkers team and we have over a hundred people on the mats, you know, every year. And Adam used to come for the camps as well. Uh, so since he was purple, but like he was, he was giving trouble to the, you know, black belts and once he was brown belt, like most of the black belts couldn't do much to him, you know? So yeah, he's, He's awesome. He's very, you know, he's like top, top level competitor, man. Like, you know, mm. if, you, if you train with any of those guys, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, man. Like, there's a, there's a picture of me with him here. And man, he's a good fucking, uh, he's a good bit taller than me. Way more uh -huh. muscular. And he has the fucking, the coolest hair, jiu-jitsu okay. hair I've ever seen. He's drawing, the, yeah. <laughs> Hairs and stuff. <laughs> like, he's man. a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Very intelligent as well, you know, with, mm. with jiu-jitsu. No, one thing I really liked when I trained at him, like, uh, I, asked, you know, he, he was open when you asked him questions. Oh, can you can you get this from there? Can you get that? You know, he, he and not to mention, he'd actually show you like a good way to get what you're asking. Like he was showing this one sweep, but there's like potential for front headlock. And I asked, could you do like an anaconda from there? And he showed me good entries into it. Like lots of people when they're doing a seminar, they if you ask them a question, they'd give you like, yeah, yeah, whatever, like a shitty answer. Or they'd like they might get pissy at you for fucking I've, I've heard people. Like, I've never experienced this, but I've heard a whole bunch of people when they asked this one particular guy at a seminar about a question or something or other, he'd, like, get pissy at them. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. We're paying you, man. We asked you a question, like... Yeah, you know. it's it's very random with the seminars, you know? Like, some guys are, as you said, you know, are not too friendly. You know, they, they more kind of focus on money. And I, I found, like, you know, if you don't have a big caliber, guys, they're usually more willing to share the details you know and they they're more excited about you know about talking about jiu-jitsu because they're not spoiled yet i would say you know mm. and uh yeah not not always but but I, I you know you can sometimes learn a lot from good brown belt you know you can you can really learn a lot you know or like fresh black belt you know he's gonna show you all the bits of bits you know and and tricks and uh, you don't you don't have to train you know with, with hoist gracie you know Mm. Oh, like uh i wouldn't want to train a hoist gracie just to look in his face i think i'd uh i don't think i'd survive a few uh, long there <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no thanks buddy <laughs> but you know but talking about seminars i i'm a big fan of seminars you know i travel around ireland and and work you know for seminars following the guys you know um i think you can learn you know even if you my kind of way of thinking about is this if you can learn one or two things from seminar Mm. That gives you a lot, you know. If you do five seminars a year, you, you're learning like ten things, for example, you know, and you're building your game around it. I remember we've done the camp with Braulio Estima uh, a few years back in La Hinge. It was great, you know, great like four or five days of training, and I learned so much from Braulio that day, you know. 
like that that weekend you know was was super cool like learn details would change my a lot my back chokes get you know 300 better since then you know <laughs> no one is very rarely someone is escaping my back chokes now yeah man even if my back chokes were 300 better they'd still suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can work on it andrew <laughs> no legit all i do from the back is just fucking wait for them to get annoyed and hand fights and then just fucking fling on the arm bar from the back i'm like eh, fuck yeah. the chokes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't like to take on board from the from the back i stay on the back Mm. Now, but man, occasionally one things one things I'm really liking lately is the fucking you know like the back triangle when you have the, uh-huh. but then when you're like ripping the Americana yeah. while you're fucking doing the triangle, I'm like that is so fucking cool and it's so painful. It's a great move. Yeah, I've trained with Wagner Rocha, Wagner Rocha, I believe maybe two years ago, and he was you know he went with details into that, and uh, I love that move. I love that move. You know, and really like if you get someone into that position. It's very little chance for escape. There's videos on how to escape it. There's none. There's no videos on, how, on YouTube. On how to get one, he shows oh. one, one option how to escape it. And uh, But like you need to you need to know how to do it. It's, yeah, otherwise you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, like if there's only one video on how to get out of something, you know you're pretty fucked when you get into this. Like regular triangles, okay, fine, you can work. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world, but the back one, you might as well just give up if you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> Especially yeah. if they slap on the arm bar or the yeah. Americana, because that's, dub- that's double jeopardy. Your fucking arm's yes. going to get torn apart as well. Yeah, it, it's it's very good setup, especially Nogi, you know, like you can attack it from the bottom, attacking Kimura or from the top. It's he The way he did it was set up from the Kimura, you know, and then you end up attacking the back and uh, going to this, this triangle. It's mm. it's pretty it's nasty. I love I love that move. I use it a lot now. Mm. Oh man, uh, I'll shut up about triangles in a second. But man, a really good one. I like. Okay, say you're playing like a fucking knee shield half guard. You have like a grip under their their under legs, and you like swing your leg over to attack the knee bar. If they like uh-huh. grab your leg and stop at midway, you can yeah. fling fling into reverse triangle. Like yeah. they're like, oh yeah, I'm stopping the knee bar. Oh no, I'm getting triangled now. I'm fucked. Because man, reverse triangles are are the shit. They're so yeah. fucking good. I love yeah, and talking about reverse, the Brawler Stima is, I think, is a master of reverse triangles and all those stuff. And uh, I remember watching him rolling on the on the camp with the guys, and I was like, oh man, he was <laughs> shooting reverse. Tri- I think he shoots reverse triangle on me within like five seconds, you know? He's just stepping into my guard, dancing around, and then it's like I'm tapping the reverse triangle. Yeah, oh, man. I remember he, he made a video about like how to do the reverse triangle from bottom side control. And like, I know a guy lanky bastard i used to train him all the time and man um that's all he would do like whenever you put him into side control he wouldn't escape or nothing he'd just do the reverse triangle i'm like yeah he's not doing that to me anymore so instead of just paints like that's that's kind of cool the weird ass submissions from bad positions air quotes yeah. well man i learned my lesson and i never played side control him just went north south and ripped his arm off yeah man, that's kimoras that's... are awesome from there they're so good yeah that, that's the thing man you know like if from the bad spot you can like you can attack some submissions but you're only gonna they're only gonna work if you surprise someone you know like remember it was while back was the guy who was doing the baseball choke and uh i think in one competition he put asleep like three or four guys you know from the bottom he let them pass the guard and then he was submitting them with the baseball choke but it was only competitions he won i, I believe you know like after that like everyone knew not to go mm. there you know yeah <laughs> people got wasted yeah, like you know, it's kind of last, last, uh, last option. You know, like first of all, you don't want to get, you know, on the bottom side control on someone or mounted, you know, by someone. Mm. I, I prefer, I do prefer, 
just kind of, you know, if you're in a bad spot, just recover to the, you know, close guard, half guard, somewhere where you feel comfortable, where the game is more open for you, you know, like, don't try to submit me from the, from the half guard, like, you know, sorry, from the, from the bottom mount or from the side control, like, I, I, do punish my student for it a lot. You know, someone's trying to guillotine me when I'm in side control. Oh, love, I love this man. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm telling them, okay, this arm is mine and I'm just gonna arm triangle you after that, after the guillotine, you know, it's... Mm. it's... Oh man, I, one time a guy, I was around this guy, he was trying to guillotine me the whole round. He wasn't, he wasn't getting the guillotines in. And I remember one time I got mounted him, but it was like kind of a loose mount and it was a bit low. He, he fucking, and he's, he was, his body was like a bit long. And he's able to get up and get a guillotine from bottom mount. And I just got out and I just looked at him like, seriously, dude, you're going to try guillotine me from bottom mount. I, I don't know whether you're a fucking, you're a genius or you're a fucking idiot, but it's certainly one of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not working. You, you know. Plus, like, I think that's a good reason to show people the Von Flu choke. So some idiot does try to do that from like, or, they, or if you pass them and they don't let it go, just put them in the Von Flu and fucking that's put them to it, sleep. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine, you know, uh, while back and he was a blue belt in competition, got he choked pretty much himself, you know, because <laughs> he went for a guillotine and he didn't want to let it go. And the other guy just, I think it was more accidentally that he like put a van flu on him, and he just put him to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah ac- ac- accidentally. Yeah, I accidentally put him to sleep. <laughs> oh man, see, um, Eric, what was like since we were talking about seminars there? What was, what was the first seminar you attended? Like, do you remember, like, first one you went to? Uh, if I b- remember correctly, it was actually seminar back in Ennis with my head coach from Poland. We invite, like, we've been invited to to train with us, and I believe that was the first one. Or Hoist Gracie, actually. I remember on the very early stage it was a Hoist Gracie seminar. I probably back in Cork, uh, and I went for this one. So one of those, but I believe. I probably with my head coach from Poland, Pil Baginski, was the first one. Mm. Oh, man. I, I'd love to go to a fucking seminar with Hoist Gracie because, like, you know, that'd be decent. Like, like, oh, yeah, dude, uh, can you show me how to beat people like Frank Shamrock and shit and all them? That'd be decent. <laughs> but that was actually, to be honest, it was a lot of like, self-defense. You know, he was mm. like, oh, if someone trying to stab you with a knife, you block the wrist, you take him down, you mount, and, and you know. But still, I learned... A little bit. Uh, I learned the details of arm triangle, you know, like the uh, uh, the head and arm triangle, you know, from mm. from him. And I use this detail until today, you know, uh, it works. So I believe any seminar, if it's pretty shit, you can learn at least one thing from it, you know. Yeah, like a really good. Speaking of arm triangles, like I'm not particularly good at them. I don't like them. But like when I whenever I try to attack them, there's one detail I learned. Like when you get the head over, sorry, when you get your arm over their head and arm, and you have like the sort of grip under their armpits. You Spider-Man their armpits. You just get the two fingers and slide slide them under the armpits so like uh-huh. that's good control before you slide the arm up. It's like called okay. Spider-Maning because you only really need these two fingers. Then when you're pulling in, it's like yeah. a, the grip is tighter. I look really stupid because like no one okay, no one's gonna see the, the video. It'll just be audio, but I'm making weird ass hand hand fucking signals. Imagine a, a blind person or a deaf person saw that. Like, what the fuck did you just say about my mother with the weird hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is lots of you know lots of variations. Like uh, we we kind of practiced recently. Like we've I've seen the a small adjustment what Fionn Davis is doing. You know, on the on the arm triangle, and it's actually pretty good. She's trying to kind of she's go kind of more knee on belly, and she's trying to turn opponent 
you know, away so that you can close the arm triangle a bit better as well. You know, there's always adjustments to be made, you know, and little bits and tricks to, to learn from, you know, from the top players. Mm. Mm. I'll see, Eric. A good question I added there, like about 10 episodes back. It's a relatively new question. Uh, I was like getting people's feedback on this one. It's like, uh, is there anything in the BGA community that you don't like or you hate and you change if you could? Like, is there anything you see and it just fucking annoys the shit out of you all the time? No, I don't think so. I don't think there is anything particular. Um, I do like, in general, like, you know, the community in jiu-jitsu and all this kind of jiu-jitsu lifestyle and vibe. You know, it's usually very friendly. You know, it's way different to kind of strict MMA gym or other sports, you know. Um, you're pretty much welcome everywhere. It's, no, it's nothing, nothing what really annoys me a lot. Mm, I see. Uh, one thing that kind of annoys me, like I saw this there uh, last night, people who, like, they're always complaining about, like, people not showing up for warm-ups, like, the stereotype with, oh, purple belts, they never show up to warm-ups. Well, man, lots of warm-ups fucking suck. You know, like, oh, you just forward roll and fucking shrimp up the mat. I think if you're a purple belt, you know how to forward roll and you know how to shrimp. Like, I think, you know, lots of people are like, oh, you should show up for warm-ups. Like, you should make warm-ups better so people want to show up. You know, that's that's my that's my thinking. <laughs> Yes and no. Like, you know, um, sure, like shrimps and forward rules not going to make you, well, like you know how to do it, right? Yeah. But warm up, but you need the warm up. You need to warm up your joints. You need to warm up your muscles as well. You know, you need those 10 or 15 minutes of a bit of intense work, you know. Uh, again, say back in wrestling, when we do, when I was, you know, training wrestling, we had good warm-ups you know and it was you can say silly things lots of forward rolls and you know different stuff but you need those um like if you see that's a kind of again if you get uh average wrestler and you put him on jiu-jitsu mats like most of the jiu-jitsu guys won't be able to do stuff he's doing you know but you just learning this agility you're learning how to do those side flip back flips all the crap you know mainly on warm-ups you know we sometimes had 40 minutes warm-ups on on wrestling and then mm. had you know a little bit of technique and a bit of a sparring or, or stuff like this so i agree that if you purple belt you don't have to do you know sprawls and stuff i'm not a big fan of sprawls altogether but you need some some sort of a warm up your muscles and joints, especially in Ireland when you have a cold, you know, most of the year it's cold. Like you walk into the gym and it's like, shit, it's cold. I need to start moving. Hmm. Now, see, like I'm not like against warm-ups in, in, in mm -hmm. of themselves. I just think lots of people, they just half-ass warm-ups. Like, oh, do shrimps, do forward rolls, do like running around in circles, even though we could just do yoga or we could actually do like, uh, we could actually do like, what's it? We could do like flow rolling or position, yeah, or like some drilling. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think, I think, you know, I just think that would be a bit more beneficial, like flow rolling or drilling, you know, because, you know, it's not even that, that I don't like that sort of thing. It's just that lots of people, they spend way too long in that. Like, let's say a standard class is an hour long and they spend 15 minutes doing these stupid warm ups or like movements you're never going to do in an actual role. That's a quarter of the class that we're like, we come here to do jiu jitsu, not to run around circles. I agree. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry to be like harping on that. You know, that's just how I am. Like, uh, no, I agree on this as well. Yeah, it's 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 you're right. Like you know, but you you like again with beginners, you have to teach them. You know, because they can't even hip. You know, uh, move the hips or anything. You know, they can't forward roll or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, flow roll or like you know, it's good for warm up. Uh, but it all depends. You know, the 
the time of the year and depends, you know, what kind of training you want to have ahead, you know. If mm. you're going for hard sparrings or anything, uh, you need proper warm-up. If you have, you know, if you're planning to do lots of techniques and stuff, yeah, you kind of doing by doing techniques or drills, you know, I like to do drills for a warm-up, you know. I'm throwing, you know, five drills, minute each, boom, 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 and the guys are sweating and they warm, you know. <laughs> then I give them a minute for stretching, you know, for like individual stretch, uh, and they help you out. And I'd like to do mobility stuff, you know, just to move the joints, and it helps helps prevent injuries as well. Uh, yeah. No, that's a good one. No, I agree with you there. But let's see. Oh, I got some questions for coaches here. Like, just I just sort of like pick coaches' brains, see how they they run things at their gyms. See, what's the first sort of move you teach like a beginners group? Like, let's say it's the first night. Like, what's the first sort of technique, move, concept that you teach a new some new people? Um, so with the beginners, like we usually like we used to run beginners courses like two months into every two months, uh, twice a week. So we had like eight weeks. Of training um we i'm trying to build them around the self-defense you know and trying to teach them how to survive first right because if you step on the mat and you're rolling with some more experience you want to survive if you're on the street your kind of goal is to survive as well you know and be able to run away so usually what we're doing it's starting with the bad spot like stare you end up in the mouth someone is on top of you what to do you know how to protect yourself from punches how to get out of them you know how to get rid of someone from top of you um yeah and we're focusing on on getting out of bad positions um we're learning how to break falls you know how to how to do the takedowns uh, I, I usually teach them like two or three options how to escape mount two or three options how to escape side control uh and the same back control, you know, all the basic, most basic positions, close guard, you know, escape side control, get to the close guard, then, you know, learn how to escape from someone's close guard or what you can do from close guard. Uh, those very basic moves based around self-defense and based around surviving, you know, on the mat. Like, you know, I refer lots of times to the MMA, you know, well, look, if you're in the mount, the guy's going to punch you. So how to stop him from punches, you know, and how to get out of this bad spots. Mm -hmm. no that's good man see what would you say your coaching style is mainly like uh mainly entails you say it entails drilling rolling or specifics like positional sparring like what would you say you put most attention into it would be a mix of everything um i'm think drills are good but we usually use drills as a warm-up you know say if we if we going around techniques so if you're doing the close guard moves we making drills from you know from the close guard first to get the warm-up if we're doing side controls we're doing drills around side control using them mainly as a warm-up i like i really like specific sparrings when we have a subject you know of uh of say side control escapes boom and then we're drilling lots of you know we're doing one minute rounds for example side controls um i again it changed with the level on the beginners we don't do sparrings pretty much at all we for example let's let's say we're learning how to escape mount and on the end of the class we have you know just barely like four or five minutes of uh, escaping side escaping mount position you know just i'm trying to put them on the position what they kind of i give them first i give them the answer how to how to do the thing how to escape and then we're putting this into practice and then if you're progressing up you can add more more uh, floral like more free rolls you know like life rolling with just you know bump boom and go mm. uh, but it's not a good idea with the people with the beginners or with lower belts because they don't know most of the moves and they're gonna start kind of uh 
coming with their shit moves, you know. Mm-hmm. They not, so yeah, it's better, yeah. I, I believe, better to show them first what to do, give them two or three options from every position, and then they can uh, apply those moves in the in the real fight. Mm. Now that's a good point, especially with the options, because like you know, most gyms are just like they should show you like the basics or just hip escape. But you know, if you give them several options, you know, you know, because not to mention some of them is circumstantial. Like if someone has a really high mount in you, it's fucking hard to get the fucking hip escape. But you know, it might be easier to do like another one. You know, are one of the most ridiculous weird ones I see. You ever see like the octopus escape? Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Like, oh my god! And then like they, they if they get it right, they'll have like a fucking belly down footlock and you straight away. I'm like, what the, fu- <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, but the question is, you know, like, it's who's like who's gonna be able to do it really? You know, like if you're not flexible, kind of, you know, lanky maybe or like. Are you gonna be able to do it? I probably won't be able to do it. You know, I'm a I'm much bigger fan to moves like I'm big to more more like old school jujitsu. You know, I like the moves that everyone can do, and be like a Marcelo Garcia kind of way of thinking. You know, if that move is not working on everyone, why like you know it's not really works of too much time spending. Obviously, if you're progressing with the belts, you wanna learn the moves. Mm. But like if you could take someone's back, it doesn't matter the size of the guy, you're gonna choke him. You know, mm. but like, would you Kimura 120 kilo guy? Forget about it. Mm, no. Nah. Would you Amber the guy? Probably not, you know? So, yeah, I prefer moves with everyone can can learn. You know, if it's require crazy flexibility, you know, flying, jumping, inverted stuff. Well, it's cool, but you know, if you're purple belt and you want to learn it, yeah, go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna practice this, you know, we're gonna try to discover more and more on this scenario. But like if you're a white belt or blue blue average blue belt, you, you probably don't need that inverted spinning flying stuff, you know? Mm. Yeah, just don't do worm guard guys or any of that retarded reversal of worm shit. <laughs> yeah, again, again. That's, that's all I fucking do in the game. That's all I do is lapel shit. <laughs> yeah, lapel stuff. Yeah, it's I like to use lapels a lot, but not in the not the way Keenan's use it. You know, I'm kind of uh, it's a bit annoying, but I you know I like to use lapels like even side controls and you know top mount and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that shit's pretty good Close man. Like, guard, you know. Like, dude, fucking using the old school Bravo choke from fucking side control with the goddamn, with the lapel reinforcer. It's so good, man. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. And man, yeah. a really good one. I don't know if you know uh, Andrew Wilsey. Those Daisy Fresh guys, they're fucking, they're really good. But see, yeah. like, uh, he was showing a video about a, su- a thing called a Super Ezekiel. Like, say uh-huh. they're in side control, they're being really smart by keeping the hands in. If you, like, wrap the lapel around one of their hands and, like, stuff it, they have to, like, wiggle their arm out up this way. Because uh-huh. then once they wiggle their arm out, there's like a lot of space there and you can attack yeah. an Ezekiel choke that's reinforced with the lapel. So like if they escape their arm, they're fucking letting themselves get Ezekieled. Yeah. And yeah, it's like yeah. a really, really tight one. Like I might be explaining it very badly. Yeah, I do like, like you know, one of my favorite kind of controls and attacks are from uh, top side control. I'm pulling the my opponent's lapel and I'm pulling my lapel and, you know, I'm kind of messing with both of them. He, so the opponent never know which one I'm going to use. And I have several options of choking the guys, you know. So, yeah, I like those scenarios or like close guard playing with the lapels across your back. You know, I'm pulling, let's say, your right lapel, putting across your back coming out of you know uh, and uh, yeah there are several options from there as well choking taking back and uh even yeah sweeping stuff what i really like is the bread cutter choke like say you're in side control you make them think you're going to north south so they want to block your hip maybe underhook you 
And then you're yeah. like, okay, thanks. Just overhook them, slap on the fucking yeah. lapel, lapel thing. You just because they never see it coming because you only have a tiny grip on the back of the lapel, and they're fucking getting murdered with the fucking trot, the fucking forearm and the windpipe. Yeah, old school again. Yeah, I love those stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we used to drill like when I was a blue belt and purple belt. We used to train a lot with uh, like mornings with two of us, with a friend of mine, with Mark, and uh, we used to drill all of this old school stuff. We used to uh, watch lots of Saulo Ribeiro videos. You know, we had uh, his his DVDs, and uh, it's old. This is old old school and like all really working. You know, it's all working, and you don't have to be crazy flexible or anything like this to to apply it. You know. Mm. No, I get you. Okay, so guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast. I like to call a round of specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So yeah, Eric, do you want to do a round of specifics? <laughs> yeah, I have no choice, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, one, one day someone will say no, and I'll be really confused. Like, well, uh, what will I do now? <laughs> I'll yeah. see Eric, what's uh, your favorite gi in your collection, if you have one? Um, I have, well, I have a... I guess big big collection of geese <laughs> and I have lots of different brands because I like to kind of buy them it's like you know oh a new gear on the market let's buy it uh, yeah. I, yeah like my body type is pretty maybe not a jewel I have a big arms you know so it's it's hard to find a good fit mm. um, I have Fuji Sekai model it's I like it a lot because it's it's like it's perfect good for me um, I that's I have a Kings, the special limited edition, the, the Black Knight. It's pretty good gear. It's heavy. It's kind of winter gear with the rush inside. <laughs> but it's you know it's perfect for Ireland, the cold days. Uh, I like this one as well. And I recently got for uh, for my for one of occasion for my partner. I got uh, what you call it, uh, Vito, one of the Vito's gear. It's super cool. I, I didn't wear it yet. It's so cool that I kind of didn't wear it yet, but it's, it fits perfect and it's, it's the quality is it's so good. Mm. Uh, so I think that's going to be one of my favorites as well. Once I start, once, once I use it, <laughs> I have like four geese, you know, still brand new in the book, in the, in the box, never used. Yeah, I just got one there today. It arrived. I got a, a Scramble standard issue. It's like, it's uh-huh. by Scramble. There's like no patches on it, but they give, here's the thing. They give you a bunch of patches with it and you can put them wherever. So like, if you want it there, 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 there. So you have a bit of customization with it. I'm like, nice. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. The gear I always wanted to get is, uh, is a Bull Terrier, you know, the old, old kind of one with a big kind of red and yellow patch on the back, but you can't really get them. I was trying to order them even from uh, whatever, Japan or something, but it's pretty impossible to get those, you know, yeah. old models now. Man, it's so hard to get those older gears. Like, I used to, I loved Tatami. I always got Tatami stuff. I bought 20 fucking Tatami gears in my bedroom. I, I used to, I peruse the internet and get, like, some of the older gears. Like, one of the ones I got there, like, a year or so ago, really nice. It's grey with black lapels and black pants. I never, ever seen one of these. But here's the here's the catch. It was A1, and I'm A2, so it's it's too small for me. Uh-huh. So, like, whenever I wear it, it's like... Yeah, it's yeah, with the geese as well, like the shrinking, you know, randomly, it's it's annoying. I like I, speaking about tatami, I I bought tatami for myself like a while back, one of the special edition models as well, and I trained, you know, two or three times. It was just too big for me. It was way too big, and mm. I was like, okay, I fucking, you know, it's gonna sell to you know one of my students. So I sold to a friend of mine, 
and then maybe a year ago he like he he's not training anymore during the injury he's like called me oh man i have those you know two or three geese for sale like i just you know you might resell to some other guys so i took that tatami gi from him and i actually it's too small for me now and it used to be too big you know after a few washes too small man it's, it's that's my one gripe with tatami as like their donogi stuff is really good their casual wear is really good and most of their geese are really good but the fucking sizing is so inconsistent because they have different yeah. models of gi. Oh, this size A2, it, it might shrink, but this one won't. And this yeah. one is specifically designed not to shrink, but when this one shrinks, it'll fit you perfect. It's yeah, fucking it's, ridiculous. It's, they, it's crazy. Pick, pick a lane. Like, yeah. Is it going to shrink or not? I had three geese in the same model from one company, right? And uh, it was all the same size, just three different colors. And one was too small eventually, one was too big, and one was perfect. It's like, oh. where? Man, man, yeah. it's like fucking Goldilocks. This one's too yeah. big. This one's too small. This yeah. one's just right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you like, I'm, if you want a really good quality stuff as well, I'm, I'm getting lots of gear from those guys. Uh, they're based in Poland. It's Grand Game, the best quality rush guards and shorts and all that stuff you can you can imagine. Seriously, they, the quality it's awesome. Mm. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll check them out later, man. So, oh, so Yark, is there uh, next question? Is there any uh, movie that you describe as underrated? Like you like it, but no one else does. Shit, I don't know. There is. Um, I don't know. I like. I like some weird movies, maybe. <laughs> I, I like like Monty Python style comedies and like you know all the uh, Tarantino movies. I like Guy Ritchie movies. All the you know not kind of very mainstream movies if you can say this you know, mm. can say this way i don't know if they're underrated it's hard to say mm. you know, i don't know no nah, i get you no nah, a really good one is uh locked lock stock and two smoking barrels love that shit because oh, yeah. especially the ending with the fucking shotgun on the bridge and like uh, it's it's like a perfect storm of stupidity and ineptitude i'm like Man, this is fucking funny. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. One of my favorites, for sure. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, what was your favorite TV show when you were growing up? Ooh, that's... Okay. Um, when I was when I grew, growing up, it was a long time ago, man. And it was back in Poland. We didn't have access to lots of stuff in those days. Uh, but uh, I would say I liked the... Some Disney, probably some like Tom and Jerry, all those kind of, you know, when I was a small kid, mm. you know, nothing, nothing to, and He-Man was cool as well, you know, but lots of the stuff we had uh, when VHS tapes, you know, like you couldn't really watch it in TV those days, you got from someone who recorded it somewhere, you know, it was, it was different, different world, man. Mm. You know, what's messed up, like, uh, you know, the whole He-Man thing, right? They were like, uh -huh. Con they were Conan the bar Barbarian toys. Yeah, and then, like, they're like, well, Conan the Barbarian's all violent shit. We can't sell that to children, so we'll make, like, a new show because we already have the toys made. So, like, uh, call a He-Man or something, make a shitty cartoon, we can sell it to kids anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, like, like everything in the fucking 80s, it was all just to sell toys. Yeah, true. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, was that your first video game console? What was your favorite game? And it's... Don't think I ever have like I, the console I had is probably like Atari or you know whatever it was Commodore like you know it was like you probably don't even know what that <laughs> that's uh, old. I, I know a few of them like the one that's like fucking wood grain and you have to put that fucking big ass cartridge in it. Yeah, yeah. The, before that was it was like 
literally the tapes and big discs as well, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Uh, I used to play Prince of Persia, you know, for, for you know, it was an Atari or Sound Commodore. Uh, I never had any PlayStation or any, any of those, you know, modern consoles. Uh, I switched to, to PCs, you know, after that. And yeah, so I would say those old, like, you know, old uh, Mario Bros. or like Prince of Persia was, was pretty cool. Oh uh, man, I fucking uh, cause man, you you missed out on the PS2 man, cause they re they released like three new Prince of Persia games on that, and they were so fucking good, man. Uh-huh. Like I I I, have, I still have a PS2, and I was replaying them just co- coincidentally. Man, they're so good. I fucking love those Prince of Persia games. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, just just the thing is to, to have a time for it now. <laughs> it's a bit more a bit more time now with the with the restrictions and you know. All I have is time, cause like. What am I? What else am I supposed to do? I'd go insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, oh, have you ever? <laughs> this, awesome. I, lo- spicy. I love, I love this question. Uh, have you ever been on a really terrible date? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. I can, I can really remember. If I would say, probably, if, if it was kind of going to be terrible i probably just escape quickly <laughs> <laughs> so i don't remember anything you know anything crazy happened you know or anything truly really embarrassing or anything like that <laughs> okay i'll just ask all the girls you've ever went out with did, or did they have any terrible dates with you they're like well <laughs> <laughs> that's probably yeah you might hear some stories from other side uh, uh no nah, i can't i can't say much in that regard like uh well i've had what's it oh yeah <clears throat> I've been stood up for more dates or cancelled on at the last second more than I've actually had like r- proper ones. So I'm like, I can't fucking say much. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, uh, do you have any uh, nicknames in the gym? Like, what do, what does everyone call you? I don't think so. I have any any nicknames. Uh, not as far I'm aware of. Maybe maybe my guys are can come up with something. But no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, anyone who trains the Yarek, tell me what you secretly call him behind his back without him knowing. I, I swear I won't tell him, I swear. <laughs> I'm totally going to tell him. Oh, man, uh, if you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go and why? Um, I would probably go to some... I might go back to Vikings area, era, you know? <laughs> and just surround around with a big, you know, axe or sword and just chop off heads and <laughs> and get some fun, you know. But <laughs> oh, man, you, you'd fit right in because, guys, the picture I have—you're definitely seeing this. Yeah. The picture I have is the the, the artwork. It's just him with a in a vi- sort of hanging out with some Viking guys with axes and shit. So I'm like, yeah, right <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was uh, it was actually a great experience. You know, it was three years ago, I believe. They've been shooting another series of Vikings, you know, back in Wicklow. So, uh, yeah, they've been looking for, you know, for uh, extras. So, like, I just sent the email, you know, just, just not really expecting much. And then it's like, yeah, man, we need you for to shoot the, for a few weeks. You know, we've been, I think it was three weeks. We stay in, in Wicklow and uh, just running around the forest shooting, you know, shooting the, the big battles and, you know, and all those kind of scenes uh, for a, for the last, it was last episode of, not episode last series uh, of Vikings. Uh, great experience, man. It was fun, you know. I like I like to to collect experience, you know. I like travel. I like you know do random random crazy shit just to just to you know to see how it is. And uh, that was cool. Like it was you know sure 400 
guys running around the forest, you know, half of them drunk, the other half probably stoned from smoking different stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they feed us, you know. That's cool. <laughs> ah man, that sounds fucking awesome, bro. Yeah, ah, yeah, we're like you know, and plus like we got you got the opportunity to meet you know all the all the cast you know all the kind of first actors you know Ivar. I don't know if you watch the Vikings. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. It's really worth to watch. You know, um, so like I've you know I spoke with have a picture with Ivar with you know different guys. Uh, yeah, good experience. Mm. Ah man, uh, in in your professional opinion, do you think? You could pull off a handlebar mustache. <laughs> uh, as you can see on the camera, I probably could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like For anyone who, isn't, who doesn't see it, he has a very glorious beard at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's growing. It's growing. I'm man, of... I've, I've never fucking seen you beardless, ever. I'm like, the fuck? Does he even have a... Is that just like part of his, part of your face? Or is it like, would, like if you put a, a razor to it, would it like break off? possibly now yeah i used to like shave it fully like when i was going for some holidays you know sunny countries so I went you know just to get some uh get some sun on it but i don't like to shave it like for training purposes you know it, it just gets scratches and stuff you know if you well if you shave it regularly it's fine but if you shave it you know once every like you know once every few months after the shave you just in bits you know you just scratches and you know everywhere plus my partner she said like yeah if no problem we can shave it but you know you may as well go out for the house for two weeks until it regrow <laughs> so so I, I i keep it there you know oh man <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, I not to it. mention, like you know, when the hair is regrowing and it feels really rough and shit. If you like have someone psych control and they don't have a rash guard on, say it's gi, you just rub your face into them and it's like sandpaper. It annoys the fuck out of them. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> oh, man, uh, <clears throat> uh, if you uh, oh, can't remember I'm writing. So, what would you say uh, is your uh, jiu-jitsu spirit animal if you have one? Like, what sort of animal encapsulates your whole game? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I probably like something like koala bear, you know, because <laughs> I like I like to get close to the guy and choke them, you know, get a good hug. I mean, you know, um, you know, it's weird. Like a bunch of scientists, like they did a bunch of like research on different animals, and they determined that the koala bear is the dumbest animal alive at the moment. Okay, so it wasn't they, a wise choice from me. <laughs> no, you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, since they fucking they just hang on a tree and eat their uh-huh. little eucalyptus leaves. Yeah. The scientists took the eucalyptus leaves off the fucking trees, put them on a plate, put the plate in front of the koala bears, and the koala bears didn't know what the fuck they were. Because they're like, well, it's not on a tree and I didn't pick it, so it mustn't be food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want the fresh stuff, you know? <laughs> well, it was, they literally just did it. Pick, pick, pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plate, plates, here. Like it was literally about a minute later, and they're like, <laughs> and not to mention, like they looked at their brains. Their brains are fucking weird, like and weird and mushy. Okay. Or something I didn't know that. I would, I would pick a different animal probably. How <laughs> <laughs> about a, a grizzly bear or something, or a polar bear? Since you, yeah, have <laughs> yeah, probably a better choice, definitely. I like polar bears. They're pretty cool animals. Uh, you know, it's weird. Like you know, when they're hunting, they'll just cover their nose because they have a big black nose. Mm-hmm. They're all like, oh yeah, we're in a we're in a, a white, complete, completely white area, so just yeah, cover yeah. the nose while we're fucking hunting. Oh, I didn't know that. It's, it's cool. It's really. I mean, uh, are you ready for uh, the last question, Yarek? Okay. 
I would have a drum roll, but I don't have a soundboard or a drum kit or any rhythm, so no no drum roll. Okay. <laughs> and then if you created a guard, doesn't matter what like sort of arrangement of collars, sleeves, or whatever your legs are, let's say you made any guard, you know, a brand new one, what would you name it? Oh shoot, that's that's a question. Um well, I could probably call it monkey guard. <laughs> and the reason is, uh, actually, there we go to the previous question. When I used to do wrestling, they called me monkey. <laughs> monkey. <laughs> yeah, Monk that's man. so. But that's probably we had the uh, we like in wrestling we begin to climbing ropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like for for grip and for just general strength. And I was pretty good at climbing ropes. Uh, I have a in my new gym. We have a pretty long rope. It's like six meters to high and yeah i like to climb the ropes so i had a i had a my nickname was monkey so probably you know if i would create a guard i would call it something you know by my name monkey guard (laughs) and probably you know you probably be you have to use your both legs and arms and you know two lapels at the same time to to to, to be effective (laughs) something crazy like this you know (laughs) okay so guys Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to follow Yarek at anything, it's at Yarek underscore BJJ and uh, BJJ Shannon. I'll have everything in the description below anyway. So Yarek, do you have anything to say before we shoot off? No, I wanna, yeah, like guys, um, if anyone's around, Claire or Shannon, just pop into my gym. You know, well, if we allow to to train, I'm always welcome. You know, everyone is always welcome. My door is always open for uh, for. Nice guys, you know, if you're not a prick, welcome to my gym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not you, Andrew. <laughs> you stay away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I want to thank all my members and all my stu- you know, students and friends for help uh, during those t- t- tough times, you know, with all the support and all my, f- you know, family and, and friends. Yeah, that's it. Thanks uh, for inviting me to the podcast, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for coming, Yarek. And guys, thanks for listening. Uh, bad and bad outro again. I'll just cut around it. <laughs> I'm bad at outros. About at outros as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> so guys, thanks again for listening all the way through. And guys, if you want to follow all of us on social media, it's at Humans Jitsu, at Humans Jitsu Podcast, at Shawnee Judo Jits, at Con Gracie, and also check out our sponsor, Superior Clothing, with no vowels. Funnily enough, they don't have any vowels in their name. <laughs> It'll be they'll be tagged and linked in the description anyway. So guys, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy news.